0: Hello, this is Michael Canfield, and thank you for joining us today on The Dog Watch, where we consider dogs, watches, life in the field, and go wherever curiosity takes us. On today's episode, we talk with Alan Gautier and Nancy Burkett, the father and daughter team at New England Reproofers. In our conversation, Alan and Nancy describe the nature of waxed cotton how it is used, and how they clean, repair, and reproof a range of items from field jackets to motorcycle wear to Fifth Avenue finery. Given the durability, protection style, and longevity of this fabric, the interview makes us wonder if it might just be the best fabric in the world. Before we get into our conversations, don't forget to visit the Dog Watch website at onthedogwatch.com. We have an Instagram hashtag feed on the dogs tab, and if you hashtag a photo of your dog, we will be able to see different members of the big dog family. Recently, I saw a long-haired dachshund named Lola on the feed. Lola is such a great name for a dachshund. It may not be widely known, but my first dog as a child was a dachshund named Schatzlein von Pretzel. Who actually has a dog named Schatzlein von Pretzel? Anyhow... The word dachshund is German for badger hound, and they were bred as hunting dogs for small game, and also as washdogs. Dachshunds can be short-haired, long-haired, wire-haired, and also standard, miniature, and rabbit. We also know that they're often called wiener dogs. Famous people who have owned dachshunds include Grover Cleveland, John F. Kennedy, Andy Warhol, Pablo Picasso, and David Hockney. They are energetic, feisty, and like to bark. And now from the Badger Hound, we move to our conversation with Alan and Nancy. Our guests today on the Dog Watch are Alan Gauthier and Nancy Burkett from the New England Reproofers, a company in New Hampshire that specializes in the professional care of of waxed cotton garments. So thank you for being here and welcome to the Dog Watch.
1: Thank you for inviting us. Thank you.
0: So I'm curious, just as a way to start, I'm assuming you're in New Hampshire. What's it like there right now? Is there color on the trees and the maples yet? Or is it still pretty summery?
1: It's very summery still and, and very hot today, about 93 degrees today. Um, it's been a nice, it's been a nice warm summer so far. But...
0: Does the heat affect the work that you do at all, or is it pretty independent of doing the work?
1: Well, as far as doing the actual physical work, it doesn't uh, change anything, whether it's summer or winter, because I work in a, uh, you know, climate control uh, basement uh, shop, and uh, so it doesn't really affect us at all.
0: Great, great. You know, the origins of this conversation, and I will talk a little bit about it, but I sent you a jacket a, a year or so ago to have it reproofed. And I didn't know at that point a lot about wax cotton. I mean, I believe it's a beautiful and tough functional fabric, um, and it attains a lot of character with a patina. But like me, a, a lot of our listeners will have sort of a basic knowledge of wax cotton or others, you know, might just know it from a coat that James Bond wore in a movie or the barber coats that they see at a department store. Can you sort of start out by describing what wax cotton is and kind of is it the same thing as what people call oil skin or oiled cotton? What what's the nature of wax cotton?
1: Uh, the nature of it is uh, it's manufactured uh, the, with uh, Egyptian cotton. It's um, like the, the barber company. And most of those companies who manufactured put the, in the uh, actually put the fabric together usually use the top 5% of the Egyptian cotton. Uh, the reason why is because uh, they want each strand full length. Um You'll notice sometimes when you buy a shirt and you you see the little knobs in the on the on the cotton. Well, that's that's that means the cotton was not full length. On a wax cotton jacket, the fibers are full length. Um, and one of the reasons why is it's because that it, the idea here of the of manufacturing this garment is to keep you dry. So. Um, having a long staple Egyptian cotton of quality uh, helps towards that goal. So, and the other idea also is to it's, it's to help with the breathability of the garment. Uh, so once once the fabric has been weaved together, uh, the next process is to dye it. Whether the color would be green or black or navy blue, whatever it is. That's the next process. Um, after that process, the, the fabric goes into a large container of wax. It's very similar to a paper mill. And the cotton is fed through this machine, and it, it boils in wax, and uh, then it rolls at the other end but as it goes through just before it starts rolling up it is squeezed with rollers to take the excess off the excess of the wax off the fabric then it is rolled like just like a paper mill would do with their paper rolls and now you have the garment ready to be used to manufacture uh, your jacket whatever style you want Hmm, that's
0: that sounds hot. <laughs> it is. Does so they have to heat up the temperature to a certain degree to, to get the wax yes. substance.
1: Well, I don't know what 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 they do when they ma- how hot they do it when they manufacture it, but we here when we do the refurbishing of the jacket, we do melt our wax around two hundred degrees or so. Wow,
0: the wax is applied after the garment or the fabric of the garment is made, but before the garment's often put together. Is that
1: right? Yes. Yeah, it's it. Yes, the fabric is waxed prior to manufacturing or putting together the coat. Yes. And the fibers
0: themselves, so they're the long Egyptian fibers. And as I remember, cotton fibers are kind of hollow, and so the wax... It has to get in there. That's why it's it's nice to have cotton so the wax can get in there. And so you're creating a fabric that has the waterproof nature, but also the spaces between fibers is big enough to allow some air to go through. Is that
1: right? It is correct. Because what you're looking for is the best combination of waterproofing and readability. You want the garment to still be being able to breathe, And it is the best combination there is in the world. And, it, it, and the other thing that makes it amazing is when people send us their jacket for repairs, we can actually repair a tear and sew it back on and then wax it, and the garment will be waterproof again.
0: As opposed to a lot of the synthetic fabrics where you're, they they can't repair it, but you're almost out of luck, it seems.
1: Yes, yes.
0: Um, I want to get back to that in a few minutes, but first I I wanted to ask you, both Alan and and Nancy, sort of how, how did you come to this place where you have a, reproofing business in in new hampshire like how did that evolve like you know what was what were your experiences that led you to know about reproofing and then have this business i'm just curious how it came about
1: okay uh back in the early 90s uh, my wife got a was employed by the barber company uh the john barber Company from England had a uh, warehouse here in a distribution center near here in New Hampshire, and she got a employment with them as a as a bookkeeper. And um, later on, um, at, at, at first they didn't they didn't offer any services at all. But with time, they started offering repair and reproofing services, and. Um, as the warehouse got bigger, they started hiring more people. And then one day, they needed someone to help out with the excess work that they had. So they were looking for someone that could probably help them part-time. And so my wife said, well, my husband, he, he, he would like a part-time job. But maybe he would be interested. So he said, okay, you know, talk to him about it. If he's interested, we'll interview him. And, and they did. And I ended up starting part-time on Saturdays and holidays. I would go in and I learned how to do the actual reproofing itself. And later on, um, they hired me as the distrib- distribution manager. And I used to do a lot of events. I would do um, events at stores where we would reproof jackets all weekend at no cost. And then... Barbara was using that as a promotional to sell their, their product in stores. So that's how I began uh, to learn the trade. Um, about 13 years later, and during that time, the last couple of years at Barber, I, I used to do trade shows, and I would meet a lot of the businessmen. And uh, some of them approached me and were asking me um, if I knew anyone that could refurbish their jackets. Um, the only company that was refurbishing them was Barber. And so if you own an L.L. Bean or if you own an, an Eddie Bauer or Belstaff, the only place you could send it was in, was in overseas in Europe. And some of the uh, business uh, owners would tell me that it, it was expensive and it took a long time. So just the cost alone of the shipping back and forth. So they would say, well, if you know anyone that... That could do this you know let us know and I said well, I don't know when at, at this point at this time but if I find someone um, I'll let you know and then people kept asking me that question so I said to my wife I said well I think I should research this so I began to do the research and I found that it, there was a possibility that this could be a nice little business that, that we could do and we could um, actually help people service their garments for uh, cheaper and quicker turnaround time uh, by doing it here, and so, um, but of course, I had to leave my my my, my employment with my company because it, it, uh, that it became conflict of interest. Mm-hmm. So that's what I did. I uh, after I researched everything, and it took about a year to see where I could get all the supplies and everything. And then I. Um, Gave my notice and and I left the, the, the company that I loved to work for, but I thought this was, this would be a nice opportunity. Um, to start up a, a business that would that was needed, I felt there was a great need for it, and uh, it proved it proved to be right. I've been doing it now for nearly twenty
0: years. Wow! So when when was that when you started New England Reproofers?
1: I started New England Reproofers in the spring of two thousand and three. Mm-hmm.
0: Fantastic, and I I just have to say I was kind of one of those people in a way who I I have to credit you. You're almost like a um, emergency room doctor for um, from wax cotton because I had this jacket that I had kind of let I think um, sit in the garage when it was a little bit wet, and my wife would never let me wear it because it smelled a little bit and she's super sensitive to <laughs> scents. Yep. And I almost threw it away once and I decided not to and then I almost threw it away a second time. And then I started doing some research and you know I did I found you sort of randomly but on the internet and sent it to you and and now it's one of my prized possessions. I love it. Um you know we'll talk about kind of what you ended up doing to it um to clean it and and then reproof it but I think it's true that you found a spot where, you know, filled a need. And I'm curious, Nancy, so how did you get involved obviously from a from an um you know, child's point of view like how did that work? How have you gotten involved in the the process of reproofing?
2: Um for me, as far as the history goes, I obviously grew up surrounded by wax cotton garments and the barber company and other things like that. It wasn't till years later that I moved out of the house and the business had grown to a capacity where dad couldn't keep up with the workload himself. Um, and he needed just extra hands. So I came on board and started doing the reproofing slowly, not as professional as him, but he didn't give me (laughs) the, uh, he didn't give me the fine garments to begin with. You know, we started slow Mm. and I've worked my way up and, um, now do the odor removals the cleanings the relaxing basically anything but the clerical work which i can do but i think dad likes to take the time off from the hot table these days
0: <laughs> yeah. so so you've been um kind of back uh, come back to that and Correct. become a partner in that process i wonder you know either or both of you can offer the listeners and myself, a little bit of a window. You mentioned the hot table, etc. What does the workshop look like and smell like when you walk in? I, I, in my mind, I can imagine a whole bunch of different ways that a reproofing shop would look. What, what, is, what does it look like and smell like and feel like in there?
1: You want me to answer that? Sure, one? you can. All right. Um, well, we have reproofing tables. Uh, we're One of them is uh, a little over six feet long. That way we can handle the long coats, like those uh, Australian dusters. They're they're tall and they go halfway down your leg. We want the garment to, we have to warm it up. We warm it up, uh, warm enough so that it will absorb the wax. You just don't want to put the wax on top of the fabric. You want it to go into the fabric. And of course we melt the wax. And we apply the wax. Once it's been applied, we uh, polish the excess um, with, with rags. Um, so the shop smells a little bit waxy. It's, it's not a bad order at all. It's almost like close to burning a candle, but it, it would be burning a candle with a, a low scent. The other part where Nancy right now does a lot of the hand washing of the garments which, by the way, I don't think I don't know anyone in the country that that does this. We're we're the only ones, as far as I know, who does the actually the odor removal and waxing, and, and, and I mean cleaning of the yada shell and, and and the lining. So, so when she works with those that product, the, the shop smells really good. My wife will come home sometimes yeah. and say, "Wow, smells awesome in here." <laughs> <laughs>
0: Not a bad thing to have happen. Yes. I had right. the same experience once now that I've, you know, when I received my jacket back, it was awesome because it was like, oh, I can wear it again. And I get the, I get the approval from my wife, which is always a good thing.
2: <laughs> Excellent. Yes. So
0: I, that's helpful. And I'm kind of curious about the wax. You know, I know there's some propriety and all the different companies whether it's Barber or Filson or whatever, have their own kind of wax yeah. recipes, et cetera. Yeah. I'm not necessarily going to probe for your particular recipe, but did did you have to develop your own wax or wax substance, and kind of what is that? How how did how does that work? Like, or did you just pick it up from a you know, can you buy it by the barrel, or or did you make your own?
1: Okay, well, during the period of time that people that I decided to research this business, I found that the only place that I could get the wax was in England at that time. And I found a company that would do the wax and they would prepare it with the recipe that you want. So, and the reason why I say this is because at the time that I came into the business, wax cotton and business was changing. Um, It was to be mainly for mariners and high-end sportsmen's but uh, in the mid-90s and, and up, it started changing where the fashion people liked the look and the college students liked them. So they, But they had a different um, understanding of the garment than your I am sportsman. But I knew what they were looking for. They were, the, the old garments were basically called a lot of them were called uh, oil skins because the and they had an order to them including the barber the barber jacket they had an order and a lot of the people didn't want that order anymore so the company that i found was able to do this the same quality wax for me that would function just as well but without the scent hmm. and uh, i had um, i had looked here in the united states for a, a, a manufacturer and it took all a good, I don't know, eight years maybe. And then I found someone here in the States that would do it for me. And um, they've been uh, they've been really, really good. They're located in Wisconsin. And, uh, I've been doing business with them. And I buy it by uh, five-gallon pails. So we use quite a few hundreds of pounds a year.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so what what is it then? I mean, I don't know what you, like I know you have your own special recipe, I would imagine. But what is it? Is it all wax? Is it beeswax? Is it what? Like,
1: it's bees, It's mainly beeswax mixed okay. with some paraffin.
0: Okay. And it does smell great. I mean, it, it doesn't have an odor. It's a, it's quite a beautiful um a, quite a beautiful substance. It seems.
1: Um, it, yes, it it does have a nice smooth finish. It leaves a nice smooth finish on the garment, and it's just as. Um, just as efficient as far as waterproofing quality is as any wax that is out there.
0: So I have a question then, and maybe given what you said, Nancy, about what you do. So I I sent this jacket to you, right? And Mm -hmm. it was, you know, a little bit smelly and kind of, uh, you know, I tried to clean it off a bit, but maybe you could just kind of walk me through what happened to that jacket between getting it in a box there at the New England Repervers and then me getting it back? What were the steps and kind of what happened to it?
2: Um, once it comes in, it's tagged with what your service needs are and your information. And it moves kind of through the shop. Um, Dad unboxes and he would throw something what we call on my line. I have a odor removal line and a cleaning line, and then I have the reproofing line as well. So once it makes it to the odor removal line, I would hand wash it with a couple different cleaning products. Um, We've kind of formulated two different ways of how we like to tackle certain odors. Um, Just basically just judging by... What we smell on the jacket, we try not to ask what has happened to the garment. We don't want to embarrass anyone. We smell what we smell, and we go from there hoping that that's also what you're smelling. Mm. Everyone's nose is a little different. Um, So we tackle that. Usually, never hot water. We don't want to strip any of the wax that's already on the garment off. So we're gentle in that uh, aspect. We let everything air dry. Once everything's air dry and we approve that we've removed the odor we try not to even add a fragrance sometimes there is a fragrance remaining in the jacket a, a clean smell but even if we can leave nothing we feel that that's best because that would be an odor removal mm-hmm. once it's dry it moves over to the reproofing line and at that point that's when um it gets on the hot table and we start working on getting everything back to a waterproof windproof finish
0: hmm and my jacket has like a little bit of a like a cotton lining, I think, like many of them do. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious how you keep from getting the wax in the lining because you want that's the wax through, right? The fabric correct. But yeah, you don't want your sticky sticky cotton on the inside
2: in my experience, that's all technique. You have to make sure you know what you're dealing with as far as the thickness of the outer shell. Um, knowing how long you can leave it on the table, if you need to use a buffer in between to make sure it doesn't get too hot. There's a lot of technique uh, that goes into e- each piece, really. Mm-hmm. Um, you just have to know what you're dealing with. And sometimes it's a little trial and error. I think I've I've learned a lot over the past few years, just how I can tackle certain brands, and then each piece is a little different as well. Some of them we can stuff I guess you could say we use a rag in between if they're open, mm-hmm. if that liner has an opening. If not, we have to do our best to move it quickly off the hot surface.
0: Yeah, it's funny when I was considering trying to do it myself before I knew about you, all I remember standing outside with the jacket on top of a, you know, this plastic recycling bin wondering <laughs> how I might keep that like how do you put wax on and I think just for a normal Um, civilian so to speak I just I think it must be a mess the first number of times you do it until you really get that technique down that seemed to be my perspective at least
2: yes definitely Um, we
1: do have uh, customers if
2: I may uh, interrupt a
1: little bit we have customers that try to do it and they end up sending it to us a lot of them
0: yeah I can imagine and hopefully not doing too much damage it it seems like a pretty specialized thing um, with heat and and being able to work with the wax, um, at least that's what I, you know, I certainly found. Sure. Um, and, you know, I'm kind of curious then, how often should one reproof? Like I, you know, I did it a year and a half ago or something. Is it ready? How do you know? Um, how, how would you make that determination when you need to do this?
1: Manufacturers recommended to do it yearly, but it, it, that depends on how much you wear it. That, that f- f- That's one thing. The other thing is also depends on the thickness of your, your fabric. You have some fabric that are, is only like two and a half ounce, then you get the f- four and a half ounce, six and a half, or eight. Um, the thicker the fabric, uh, you can delay the reproofing a little longer. And then the way you start knowing that you need it is you look at your sleeves, and your sleeves get creases in them and you get creases also maybe by you know if you're sitting down and you, you know, look at the bottom of the jacket and what you're looking for is in those creases that you're looking at uh, to see if it's drying up so once it starts mm-hmm. drying up that's why uh, some companies they'll give you a little tin can so that you can you know like melt a little bit of wax and rub it on rub it on the uh, fabric but eventually you can tell that The whole jacket is going to need it because it's it the it's a natural product. Even if you didn't wear it, if you put it away for a few years, you would need it. You would probably end up needing a um, a reproofing because it's a natural product and it dries up. But as you wear it, another indication that you will need it is the color will change. It's it's like a car. You know, if you um, you look at a car that hasn't been washed or waxed in a while, when you apply the wax, the color changes. It gets brighter and it gets. Closer to the original color. Well, the same thing happens to a wax cotton jacket. The color starts fading away. And uh, it's good to pay attention to it because the lighter the fabric, the more often you're going to have to do it, of course, depending on how much you wear it. But also, what happens is when the jacket starts drying up, if you don't apply wax on it, it will start developing little holes, which obviously, with time, will get bigger. Why? Because the fabric is rubbing against fabric. That creates a friction, which which creates holes. Uh, I, we get a lot of jackets that we repair because uh, you know the, the person has had it for eight years or ten years has never reproofed it. It's quite dry, and they're wondering why it it, it got this way. And that's because the wax is not only uh, applied for waterproofing; it's also to prevent to um, prevent premature wear of the fabric i hope i answered your question correctly. yeah
0: absolutely and i remember um when i was starting to look at mine i realized that there were on the pockets it's sort of a field jacket and on the front pockets which i use a lot there are spots where you could see that some of the fibers are starting to break a little bit that had happened before i you know that it needed to be reproofed and i hadn't done Mm -hmm. that and so the those fibers were getting brittle without without the wax on them. So now, I mean, it, luckily it's just very small pieces, but I could right. see if you let that go for a long time, you'd have a bigger problem.
1: Yes, definitely.
0: So I'm curious, um, as uh, to the to the extent that you can divulge the kinds of things that people send you, like what you know. Normally, I think you probably get a pretty standard. You know, I would imagine you know you get your. Barber coats or whatever, but what are some of the either different types of things people have sent to have you reproof or proof and and you know things that might have been extreme in their disrepair or dirt? Are there any stories about when you open the box, like finding things that are just like, oh my goodness, what is this? <laughs> Curious if there's anything you can share.
1: Yes, we have surprises sometimes. The worst ones are the ones that are really, really musty and they really smell bad, and then you can even see the mold on the on the on the jacket. And those are we have to get to, to, to it quickly because the shop will change the order. The shop will change very quickly, and you don't want the other garments to absorb that order. It's, it's because it's, one of the problems that people do is because they they put away their, their garment wet mm. and, and they put their garment garment away wet in a confined area which they shouldn't do the, the garment should be hung to dry before you you put it away and, it, and then when you do put it let it breed it needs to breathe. It's it was designed for, for that to do that uh, another thing that we, we we run into is people sending their jackets to the dry cleaners or hand, or, or they machine wash them which it's for you know the manufacturers do, do not recommend. And, uh, machine washing, nor dry cleaning. So when they come in here, there's nothing left in them. Hmm. So we have to charge extra. It takes more wax and more time to, to actually reprove the garment because we have to rebuild the, the base. As far as uh, other things that we go through, I had one lady that's, that's what she did. She had a St. Laurent, um, a very, very expensive garment. Uh, I think she told me she paid around $3,000. <laughs> and she sent it by accident It was sent to the dry cleaner, and then she called me, and she said, help. She (laughs) called me, and she goes, help. I said, yes, what can I do to help you? And she said, oh, I got a sad story, and I want to know if you can help me. And um, it took me a while to be able to find a way to do it, but I did. We we found a way to be able to do it where we didn't get any wax in the lining. As a matter of fact, a year later, she uh, sent me a... Actually, she called me and she said, uh, It's been a year ago this week since you did my beautiful coat, and I can now wear it still when I go to New York and I do my shopping on Madison Avenue. And oh. I said, Well, I'm so happy for you. <laughs> <laughs> but she was in total despair.
0: That's funny. Oh.
1: Yeah. And then I remember I had a the very first order, the very first order removal that we did successfully once we found a technique to remove it without shrinking the jacket and make sure that it's you know we got everything out It was a gentleman from seattle he he had a um a belstaff motorcycle uh, suit which is the, the jacket itself with the the pants the trousers and um so he called me and he said look he goes um I have this issue and it smells really bad. He goes, I, I um, actually redid my Ali Davidson. And it's, it's the same one I had when I was younger. I lost weight. The thing fits me, but it smells, it stinks so bad. I <laughs> I can't even keep it in the house. My wife won't let me. So he, so then he asked me, do you think you can help me? And I said, well, I'm in the process of trying to find a way to do this. I said, if you're not in a hurry for this, Give me some time because this was at the very, very early stage of uh, or when I started the business. But I ran into somebody that wanted to hire me for something else. But and we started talking and he said to me, oh, he goes, I know a product will, that will take care of this. And it's a natural enzyme. And um, I used it and it worked greatly. And uh, the gentleman's been happy for many years. Hmm. But it was in bad shape, and it stunk. I mean, it was bad.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you don't want to pull up on your Harley, right, and have it all shined up and have people be like, oh, it's nice Harley, but boy, you smell. (laughs)
2: Exactly.
0: (laughs) Oh, it's funny. So, Nancy, I'm kind of wondering, especially now you're doing a good bit of the stuff on the kind of hands-on work as well. Obviously, as we talked about before, there's a lot of newer products, right? Newer garments, jackets. Mm. Um, at least I notice a lot of mainstream um, companies are creating their wax cotton jackets, right? And I would imagine you see, you know, the bib overalls from the bikers and the field jackets from sports people, um, fisher um, fishing um, applications. But I'm, I'm curious kind of what you see as the general I don't know, proportions of things you see. And then, and then kind of going forward in the future, I'm kind of wondering what you imagine. Do you imagine seeing more of these sort of, I don't know if I'd call them fashion jackets, um, but trucker jackets and things like that, um, that people are going to need to have reproved?
2: The majority of what I see is, yes, is the jackets. Um, mostly, I get a good mix of the fashion wear and the... Maybe the Filson brand type stuff. It's a heavyweight canvas, wax canvas that you can work as a lumberjack. You can Miners. be outside in the minors, um, people that pour tar, things like that. They really just, these jackets are grungy and they are dirty, but they hold up. So they love their coats. We get a lot of those with the matching trousers sometimes. Um, I've seen an increase in bags lately. Um, a lot of backpacks, hmm. uh, laptop bags that are wax cotton or wax canvas. Um, that seems to be a big thing. And people are very interested lately in the wax or just the, the wax proofing end of things where they don't have a wax cotton garment, but they would like it to be. I know that there's a lot of interest there as well. Excuse me for a second, for sure. but
1: uh, we, that's just a, she's talking about a service that we call wax proofing. Okay. Where people are buying a garment that there's no wax in it, but they want us to wax to wax it for them. Go ahead.
2: That's that's where I see a lot. Not just the refurbishing of the jackets, oh, but I people see. that are looking to convert something that's not mm-hmm. into what it is.
0: So, what would that? I mean, what kind of jacket would that be? Would that be like a cotton uh, like a cotton trucker jacket or a few? Yes, yes, a
2: lot of those carharts. Yep. Uh huh. Oh, I see. A lot of the so carharts. Of, yep.
0: How do those turn out? That sounds like an interesting idea.
2: They, they turn out very well. They do. It's just the lining. If they're lined, you have to be careful. But other than that, usually they come out very well.
0: So I guess a question then, are there, it sounds like there are particular brands that you see, especially on the refurbishing side that hold up pretty well. And then do you see some of the um, brands that produce wax cotton that don't hold up or is it pretty even across the board?
2: It's pretty even across the board. I, I think it depends on how you care for your garment, how you store it, and how often you tend to it if it needs to be tended to. Um, otherwise, across the board, if you've got a wax cotton garment, it's going to hold the test of time.
0: Yeah, that's. Uh, I've noticed that myself that it's great. and I guess I want to be respectful of your time. I know you probably have to get back to the table and <laughs> get things get things going in the business. but I had one one sort of um, last question and it relates to one of the things um, Alan you said before about the nature of of wax cotton and it's the great things about it. I mean, I'm certainly a fan myself, but I'm wondering about the case for wax cotton in the sense that like it's heavy or it's heavier than some of the other things. And somebody might say, well, there are all these fancy new fabrics that do X, Y, and Z waterproof breathable, breathables, et cetera. I'm curious what the case for wax cotton is. I think you said, Alan, I, I can't quote you, but that it's, it's kind of the best fabric. So why, why is that? Why is it to you like a fantastic fabric that people really should look into?
1: Well, it's because it's very functional. Number one, you can, you, you can, you can buy different, like I mentioned earlier. You can buy a lot of different weights and a, a, a jacket. These type of jackets are designed for certain purposes, and and they hold up very well. Uh, I, I have I have many many customers that get their jackets from their dad,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: they love it, and uh, so on and so forth. Many and many of our customers own more than one. I would say the majority of our customers more own more than one. And it's an all-natural product. Uh, people love that as well. There's many fine qualities about it versus wax cotton versus synthetics. Yeah, mm-hmm. synthetics are nice, but they uh, a wax cotton jacket, you can be in the downpour for eight hours. You will be <laughs> totally dry. <laughs> yeah, and but uh, a lot of those synthetics won't. Eventually, they're gonna leak, yeah. And, and the other problem that they have, you can't repair them. Once you put a tear in it, you're done. Right. Unless you want to use duct tape. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Which, it doesn't look as good for sure. Um, right. I've noticed, too, that there's just a patina. Like, it develops as sort of a, a almost a living, you know, it's not exactly living, but it's, it's um, something that develops over time. And even sure. leather, right? Leather really... It's beautiful, and you think of giving your child your leather jacket, but it, it's not going to last that long. But I, I actually think that if I take care of this thing, I can pass it on, and it, it'll last for a long time.
2: Yes, yes it's uh, the heritage that yeah. is mm. the biggest. Um, I once I
1: refurbished one that was around 65 years old. Oh. I do. We do many, many that are 25, 30, 35 years old. Yeah. And uh, once you... You know, refurbish them. They're going to be good for many, many years.
0: Yeah, I think that's something that we need more of, um, of Mm -hmm. having things that we connect with and don't just throw away, I think, of the number of sort of synthetic jackets I've had and um, in the course of the time that even I've had this one, the wax cotton one. So, well, I could ask questions all day with you both and really appreciate your helping me understand and helping the listeners understand how waxed cotton works and and, how, and what you can do with it, how you can repair it. I'm wondering if um, you can let us know if somebody would like to either take a cotton garment and put wax on it and have it waxed or have something refurbished. How do we get a hold of you? How do we find a, um, a way to do that?
1: Well, the best way to find us is to go on our website at newenglandreproofers.com. On our website, we, ex- we give you a little bit of the history of, um, of waxed cotton. And how it should be taken care of, and why, and then on there you'll find you know all the services that we offer. Uh, we believe that we're the services that we offer. We are actually unique. There's no one else that I know in this country that, that does this kind of service. I have many people who find us. Um, they're quite happy, and they tell me, "Don't ever close it." <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, it's great. And I, I can attest that it's easy to find you at, um, on the website. And um, also, you know, it's fun to package it up and send it off. And pretty quick, it comes right back and it looks beautiful. So I appreciate okay. it myself. And um, again, Nancy and Alan, just thank you so much for spending the time with me and helping us understand what you do and, and how it all works and good luck to you. Um, going forward, I think there's a, a bright future in the, in all the wax cotton out there and, and that's going to need a, a lot sure. of love as we move forward. So look forward to having you out there to be able to do that. And you'll probably get a package from me at some point soon and <laughs> have it, have that going and sure. it's fun to have the connection. So thank you so much and Excellent. good luck to you.
2: Thank well, you,
0: thank
1: you, you very well. much for inviting us on your podcast and, uh, We were able to, we're very happy to have been invited and um, we're happy to be able to tell a little bit of the story of the wax garden and a little bit of our story as well. So thank you so much for inviting us on. Thanks again to Alan
0: Gauthier and Nancy Birkin for their willingness to share the world of wax cotton with us. Please send this podcast to your friends and to your friends' friends for a listen and review or to others you think might be interested. Use hashtag onthedogwatch on Instagram to post a photo of your dog. Our music credit today is Whiskey on the Mississippi by Kevin McLeod, courtesy of Creative Commons. This is Michael Canfield, and I'm looking forward to the next time we meet on the dog watch.